Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. I was wrecked in first service, so thank you, Lord, that I grew up in church and my father taught me, Carson, you have to function under the unction. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Powder your nose, get it together. (laughs) Give it back to Jesus. It's all right, okay. On earth as it is in heaven, living without demonic fear. And we're going to go to where Jesus teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6, 9. And I love the Amplified Classic. It's just a little louder than all the other versions. Um, It says, pray therefore like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed, kept holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Well, how can you know that if you don't start to discover what is heaven? Okay, so we're going to Colossians 3, 1. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what it is what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Wait a minute. Let's go back. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. Corona can't kill me. I'm already dead. <laughs> and my new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Revelation twenty-two twelve. Behold, I am coming soon, and I shall bring my wages and rewards with me to repay and render to each one just what his own actions and his own work merit. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the before all and the end of all. Blessed, happy, and to be envied are those who cleanse their garments, that they may have the authority and the right to approach the tree of life and to enter through the gates into the city. Heaven is the dwelling place of God. Psalm 36, 5 says, Your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, extend to the skies and your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of men take refuge and put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They relish and feast on the abundance of your house. And you cause them to drink of the stream of your pleasures. For with you, is the fountain of life in your light do we see light revelation 5 13 and i heard every created thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in it crying out together to him who is seated on the throne and to the lamb be ascribed the blessing and the honor and the majesty glory splendor and the power might and dominion forever and ever through the eternities of the eternities 
Jesus is the way, the only way to heaven. John 14, two says, in my father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And when, if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I'm going, you know the way. And then Thomas, the doubter, Jesus loves doubters. You just need, if you doubt a little, you just need to actually pose your question to the Lord, not some yahoo out there who's going to give you some wackadoo answer. He said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by and through me. Jesus is our only gate, our only entrance to enter into heaven. My sister was born with a genetic disease called cystic fibrosis. It was in her lungs and it was in her pancreas. And what we didn't know because my parents never told us was that the doctors had told them when she was born Essentially, three days later, the most horrific thing you could ever imagine, your child's, newborn child's stomach blows up like a football and has to be taken from Johannesburg, South Africa to Cape Town, South Africa to have her stomach pumped. And then my parents had to drive. She was lifelighted, and then my, my dear parents had to drive to Cape Town to come and discover after they ran all the tests that my sister was born with a genetic disease. I was the firstborn, she was the secondborn, so I was a healthy child and she, all I had was colic for three months, which probably drove my mom crazy, but you know, that's all I had. So my mom said it helped her that she had had a healthy child first, but that isn't always the way that it happens. And so they're going through what I can only what can only be described as torment, they're already in the ministry. They're already ministering to people. My dad would have healing services. So imagine being faced with this. You believe God, you know God, and now you're faced with your child has a genetic disease. And then you're part of a church that says, they're, you know, the word of faith church. And while I love the word of faith, there's many, 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 many generals in the faith that I listen to. Some of their followers get a little crazy. And so then they look at my parents and say, what sin did you do that you would have a child that was born with a genetic disease? And so imagine going through all this. I mean, when you see my parents and, and even us, to an extent, it's been, the, they've been forged in the fires of adversity. And I said it in the first service, that earth is the only hell we as believers will ever experience. Isn't that exciting? So here they are walking through hell, and I know many of you will get to identify with this because in one way, shape, or form, you have had the fires of adversity in your life. And they've only served to try your faith to purify you. So my sister, they told my parents that she wasn't supposed to live past four years old. That was the declaration at birth. So... They continue on as people of faith, and they're not about to tell hardly anybody that. It was my 
uncles that had to tell me that like well after she was gone. And I was like, my God. Like I have children, (laughs) you know, as a parent. Can you possibly fathom it? Anyway, so she... She almost died when she was 11 months old. She was very, very sick. You know, she would just get clogged up. So the stuff in her lungs would almost suffocate her. God healed her. So there was a healing. But we needed a creative miracle. And then when she was three, this is something that's not shared very often, but my dad was like, God, if you're not going to heal her, just take her. It was an arrogant moment. I'm sure nobody here has ever had that happen. Ever. We say stupid things. And uh, when that happened, um, my sister immediately took a turn for the worse. And all of a sudden, she's in the City of Faith Hospital. And the doctors there are all saved. And they say, her numbers are so bad that if she doesn't get a miracle, then she will not make it 24 hours. And my father knew (laughs) he went to the car by himself and he sat there and he was like, Lord, I apologize. Please don't take her. And when he had that revelation and he went to pray, it turned. She rallied. The doctor was like, I don't understand it. All her levels just shot back up and she's fine. She can go home. So these are the things that it's, it's hard for people to understand. So then this kid, this little chubby blonde child was a worshiper of the Lord, always worshiping the Lord. I'm five years old. We're in a grocery store. At five, I was like, and no, you don't sing. Yes, Jesus loves me. It's top of your little lungs. And she was embarrassing me. I, you know, I wasn't the person that I am today back <laughs> then. That's just tiny little chubby, yes, Jesus loves me. And all the people are like, my God, what is that? Looking at this little, little tiny chubby thing in the stroller, in the cart, singing at the top of her lungs. She had 30% lung capacity. The girl sang, she recorded. She sang with what little she had. What's your excuse? And she had a tone, mm. and she had a, like a passion. It was amazing. So completely anointed. She loved the Lord. It, it, to me, you know, there's mysteries. Like, why, you know, obviously the Lord healed her. Why didn't she get the fullness of her healing, all the things? And she sat with my dad. Was, when she was 17, she finally got on oxygen. Like, we, we took her all over the world. Normally, a CF kid, you you never even see a CF kid. They're kept in their house, like somebody who's afraid of the pandemic. You know, because we knew, having a child with cystic fibrosis, that germs and viruses were everywhere. And she would go through cycles where she would get, you know, hit with a bronchitis or hit with a pneumonia, and then she'd have to be hospitalized, and she'd have to be put on antibiotics, and blah, 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 blah. To this day, hospitals, ugh, mm. I grew up in hospital. I, I really love science and biology and immunity and all that stuff, but hospitals just still wig me out to this day. I'll come in and I'll pray for you, but yeah, 
<laughs> It'll be with the fire and fury of heaven. <laughs> like, you will come up out of this hospital bed because I'm not coming back to it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um, so anyway, so at 17, she got on oxygen and she declined. And at 18, um, she was passing away. And I, my brother and I, we didn't know to know that she was dying because she had been had, she'd had infections before she'd been hospitalized before she'd come out of it before. So to us that we didn't understand Anyways, she didn't understand she was dying. She was going to get married. She was going to have kids. She was going to live. She wasn't just going to have a few kids. She was going to have like 10 kids. And she was like, okay, you know, it kept changing how many biological kids she was going to have and how many adopted kids she was going to have. And the doctor at the end wanted to put her on steroids. And she said, no, I don't want it to make me sterile. I'm going to have kids. And the doctor whipped his head and looked at my mom like, the heck is wrong with this kid? She doesn't know that she's dying? Like, look, kids are the least of your worries. <laughs> like, we're just giving you steroids to, like, ease your passing. And so my, uh, they finally told her, and um, her, her levels were bad. So my dad goes in the hospital, and he talks to her, and he's like, you know, go to Jesus, get your new lungs, come back. You know, we had this whole deal. It sounds crazy to everybody else, but you just had to be there. And um, so <laughs> she's, <laughs> she was always extremely dramatic. <laughs> and she couldn't go on, like, Christmas Eve or Boxing Day. First thing in the morning on Christmas morning before we even got a chance to go there and see her, she... She departed the planet, but she literally looked at my dad, and she, she, my dad said, do you understand that your body is failing you? You're dying, and her body started to shake like this, and he said, are you scared? She goes, no, but my body is, and that always, like, reverberated in my head, and I'm like, our bodies do not want to die. Our bodies want to live, which gives us survival instincts and all of those things. We want to live. But we cannot preserve our life. Only God can preserve our life. So she ends up passing the first thing in the, like, Christmas morning. My dad's holding her, singing her song. It's all very dramatic. Oh, my gosh. When she first passed in, my dad would tell that story, like, every single service. And I'm like, if I have to hear about this one more time. It was just, it was hard. So after she passed, I had to wrestle for, like, six months with grief. Every night I would have dreams about her. And I would wake up. And, and, and I would think, I would have to either, real, either realize that she'd passed all over again. I, I'd have all kinds of dreams that she got resurrected. All just kinds of dreams. You know, you're going through grief. So then I started to do a deep dive into heaven. I'm like, okay, well, fine. You know, you finally come to that point where you realize, you know, the, it's, it's over. She's there. She has received a visa 
to a country that I'm not approved for. And in this country, there is no Wi-Fi, and there is no cell service, and there is no telephones in which I can communicate with her. But I have still got a reservation to go to that country. My name is still on the waiting list to enter the gates. So I started studying about heaven and reading books about heaven, which is terrifying because some of them are just straight up lies from the enemy with massive deceptions in them. I got 12 books and two of which were totally new age garbage. And the other 10 had like scriptures to back up every single scene that they saw, sometimes four scriptures. And I was like, okay, okay, here we are. We're on the right track. You got to stay on the right track. You've got to stay in the word. The, and the enemy, he loves, he's the author of confusion. So he wants to get you out of the word and into the weird. There's order in heaven. There's heavenly order. But guess what? It's full of joy, full of love, full of peace. Peace that passes understanding. And when people describe it, they're talking about colors that they can't even tell you what they are because they don't even exist in our ability to see on earth. Colors, sounds, sights, smells, everything is indescribable and so good. Because only goodness comes from God. And you're like, well, how did your sister get born with this disease? Well, guess what? Because since the fall of Adam, death and decay have been in the world. Diseases and sicknesses and viruses, they they have plagued us for centuries. This has been since the fall. Again, this is the only hell we will ever know. Heaven is so incredible the glory of god is is the central focus it's god his glory jesus the holy spirit and everything else is just gravy it's beautiful like but and you're like why should i learn about heaven so that you know i don't have to be afraid walk around just being like lord I place my life in your hands. When you get into your car, plead the blood of Jesus over your car. Place your life in his hands. I pray every time because I don't think that protection is guaranteed. And they're like, well, you know, I prayed once. I don't ever have to do it again. Did you bath once and then quit? Gross. Pray every time. So I just, we just had a friend of ours, uh, we found out, you know, maybe she didn't know about praying every time. She loved the Lord, was a worshiper, a youth leader, everything, was thrown from the car violently and did not make it. And she's 35. And she left behind her husband and two kids. That's too soon. That is too soon. 
you still have a work to do here on earth is to raise your kids in the nurture and admonition and the love of the Lord, to, to make them understand that he is holy, that every time we gather together in a service that there are angels here dispensing gifts for those that would open themselves up to receive it. Grab your head right now and say, this stupid meat head. It's only three pounds and three and a half if you're a guy. This is an enemy of God. I command it to be in submission to the spirit in Jesus name. You can only grasp the fullness of heaven with your spirit. You're never going to grasp it with your mind. You read books about heaven and unless you're a very creative person, I'm, a, I'm like the weirdest person because I'm very, very, very logical. <laughs> but I'm also very creative. So when people describe a scene to me, I see it all as much as I possibly can. You know, in my mind's eye, I, I manage to see it look like a movie or a picture or whatever. It's, it's a beautiful experience. Not everybody can do that. Um, so when you're reading about heaven, you understand that the central element is it's all about God. And it's not about me. And everywhere you go in heaven, there's praise and worship. And everywhere you go in heaven, there's babies and kids, babies and children. Jesus said, this is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, and I was like, I was rereading this book, and I'm like, this is everything we focus on. Praise and worship. Obviously, we bring the word. We have to bring the word. But praise and worship to worship the king and the, and, and the babies and children. This is heaven. And unless we, unless you and I become as a child, as a little child, and have the faith in our very good father, then we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to be childish, just be childlike. Have faith. You know, I had a really, I have a really good dad. <laughs> I have a really good dad. I didn't have to overcome all of these obstacles that other people have to overcome to get to God because my daddy was good. My mom had to prevent him from spoiling us, rotten. Because if it was up to him, he would have done it. So, God, when you come to God, you think of a three-year-old child who has a good father, a two-year-old child. They come up to their dad and they ask their dad for anything, believing that their dad will give it to them because their dad loves them. And they don't think in terms of limitations. That's how we have to be. The only difference is the physical dad can only do so much, but our God who created heaven and earth and everything in it, he has no limitations. He knit you and formed you in your mother's womb. So to him, to heal you is like flipping a light switch. There just has to be some sort of connection between your will and his. I don't know why God made us to come to this earth and have to walk this path it's like a maze to get to your final destination, but it can be adventurous and it can be fun and it can be awesome. We just have to choose. And so then we seek the Lord. We, we deep dive into his word because he says that if you draw nigh to me, then I will draw nigh to you. 
In heaven, eternity will not be spent in leisure and laziness, as some have mistakenly pictured our final destination. Thank you, Hollywood. We will do more than float on a cloud, strum a harp, or wiggle our toes in the river of life. Our time will be occupied in service to God, and just what the nature of this service will be, we cannot say. But there can be no doubt that his people will serve him. In this one book I was reading, this lady was taken to a place. Now, realize when you are reading books about heaven, blindfold yourself and five of you get around an elephant and all grab a different part and then start to describe that part and each of you is going to have a different story. You hearing what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should use an animal that actually exists in Florida. A grab a gator. <laughs> one of you is going to be like, oh my gosh, these teeth are, this thing's all teeth. And the one the other ones, you're going to have the tail and you're like, the tail feels like teeth, but it's not teeth. You know what I mean? So um, she sees diamonds, and um, she said, these diamonds seem to be for the mansions of those who were soul winners on earth. It seemed that every time someone led a soul to Christ, heaven provided a diamond for their faithful Christian. The Bible says so. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise, in Proverbs 11.30. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever, Daniel 12.3. Why should I come to church on the streets on Wednesday night? I don't know. Do you want to be shiny? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to heaven, I'll be like, where's those heavenly sunglasses? Oh, oh, gosh, oh, I'm trying to look at Antonio's house. Oh, oh, Jessica, woo, I can't. <laughs> Everything that we've done on earth is going to be apparent to everybody on heaven, and yet there's no shame. But here you are in church, you are the faithful. You are the ones, you're like, I'm coming to church. I'm going to be faithful to come to church. Every Sunday I come to church. I want to draw close to God. I want him to draw close to me. I know that when I'm gathered with a body of believers, amazing thing ha things happen. Because the Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And it's not like you can't have an encounter just by yourself because I've had many of them. But I'm telling you, I'm not the church without you. I'm only the church when I'm with you. And the demonic agenda that was set loose on the earth last year was to stop me from gathering together with two or three, from grabbing your hand and from seeing God move and do miracles in our midst. There are miracles in our midst. Even when people are taken from us prematurely, it doesn't matter. The miracles are still there. He still makes the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dead to rise, the lame to walk. He still does all these things. And for me, like, it, it obviously, guys, we're born. The moment we're born, sin and death is at work in our mortal bodies. The moment you're born, you're dying. You're like, that's not encouraging, Pastor Carson. Here's the encouragement. In him we live and move and have our being. I give my whole self 
my whole person. And I'm like, God, I, it's funny because as a preacher, there's been people who have been like, like really said such hurtful things to you. It's almost as if they're like, you're nothing. You're nobody. You're never going to do anything. You're never going to amount to anything. How dare you think that you could bring the word of the Lord? Especially as a woman. <laughs> um, and then the Lord's like, here, let me take the pressure off. All you have to do is be a vessel. Just be a holding place for the glory of God. But make sure your holding place is clean. Purify it. So, so here on earth, say, Lord, purify me now so that I can be a holding, holding place for your glory, so I can pour your glory out on these people that so desperately need you. God, they need your presence. God, they need only what you can do because I can't do it. I'm a human in and of myself. I have nothing to give you. Only God can give you what you need. You need that presence that comes from heaven. People have commented when our praise and worshipers are up here and they go down on their knees or they lay before the, on their face, it's because they're really worshiping God. They, they didn't come here to entertain you. We, we could do a concert for you someday so you could see what it looks like. I show you the difference. I don't care. It's funny because with, with my praise and worship band, oh yeah, I don't require much. Just heaven. Just just heaven. It's okay. Just don't just a drop. Thank you, Father. There are angels in the room. There's angels with you wherever you go. They, they, but they're standing there with their hands tied behind their back because they can't do anything unless you speak the word of the Lord. They are, they are under direction to obey the Lord only. Somebody was preaching and they said, you can't command God and you can't command the angels. No, but you can remind him of his word. And you say, God... You said, ask for the nations as your inheritance. God, you said that you would set the captives free. God, you said that you are the chain breaker. God, you said that you would do greater things. God, you said, it's not me. When I lay my hands on you, I don't heal you. I can do nothing. Only God can heal you. From the top of your head to the tips of your toes. When you raise your hands, you're yielding your spirit and your entire being to God for him to touch you, for him to change you, for him to turn you around, for him to purify you in mind and spirit and soul and body. When I get, why do you learn about heaven? So that, you know, when everybody else who just barely got saved gets to heaven and is walking around like this, because they, they don't know anything about it, and then they're kind of lost, and they have to have people and angels come guide them through the process, we're going to be like, 
Are you ready, Glow? Like, just in case we get there together. Okay, river, yes, I'm dominant. <laughs> I'm swimming. <laughs> okay, good, I did that, now I'm getting out. Now where's Jesus? I gotta go talk to Jesus. I don't know if I'm allowed, but I'm going anyways. <laughs> That's my next stop, and then I'm gonna see my sister, and my grandma, and my grandpa, and my uncle, all these people that went on before. Miss Eddie is there, Miss Annie is there, they're all there. I'm gonna see them. <laughs> and then, oh, okay, now it's time to go to the throne. You know, everything else can wait. No, 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 I don't need to see my mansion yet. I know if I go to the throne, I might get lost there. I might get lost there. Maybe, maybe I could lead a song of worship to him to tell him how majestic he is. Maybe I could tell him how great he is. Maybe I could tell him thank you for everything you've ever done. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, you are great and glorious and there's nobody like you. Nobody is majestic. Nobody holds a candle to you. We give our lives to you. We give our hearts and souls and minds. You deserve it all. Everything. I wrestled with having to give this message because it's so close to my heart and I knew it would wreck me. <laughs> because heaven is where God is and that's everywhere I want to be every moment of my life. <laughs> it lives to glorify God. <laughs> the people think we're crazy. <laughs> I grew up in church. I grew up with a song that I recommend you let your kids listen to. What will people say if they think that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do if they know that it's true? Oh, own it. Own it. Seek him while he may yet be found. There's coming a day, I don't know. People wanna argue with you about the rapture. That's a useless conversation. Who cares? It doesn't matter if he comes for you individually. It doesn't matter if he raptures you up gloriously all together. It doesn't matter. Jesus is still coming. <laughs> Woo. And I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, both my grandpa and granny, they wanted to be raptured. They're like, nope, you know, we're Pentecostal. We're going up in the rapture. This is what's happening. And my dad was like, well, <laughs> you know, Jesus might just come and get you individually, which, you know, that would be fun too. Personal escort. <laughs> I don't know. It ain't bad. Anyway, you cut it. I, oh, it's true. Yeah, I know, but I just didn't want to get into the rapture argument because there's a whole theological debate. It probably comes from the seminaries where that have been taken over by people that are not saved at all, and they're actually demonic. And so they've started to teach doctrines of devils that doesn't actually exist in the word of God. Guys, how can, how can, how can heaven be quantified? It can't. 
Close your eyes. Think of the most beautiful scene you've ever seen in your life. A place you've been, a thing you saw on the internet, um, you know, the Amalfi Coast of Italy, I don't know, the giant waterfall somewhere. He uh, Hawaii, as close to heaven on earth as I've ever seen, you know. Um, think of a place like that, now times it by a bajillion. And then you say, Pastor Kirsten, a bajillion isn't a real number. And I say, exactly. <laughs> it's not a real number because you cannot quantify it. The glory that flows from the throne of God, other than everything in heaven, is perfect. The most perfect thing you've ever seen ever. It's perfect. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow or turning or variableness. He cannot give you anything evil. He cannot. Evil does not flow from God. Only evil flows from the evil one. Only evil flows from the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God and the power of God and the presence of God is only good. I, Pastor Caleb, I'm so glad I married a worshiper. Like he, he wants to be able to sing, but if he did, he'd probably kick me out of the way and do it better. And I'd be like, I got this, babe. <laughs> but he worships. So, so you don't have any excuse when you say, well, I'm not really a singer. It doesn't matter. Worship the God. Worship God. That's everything we're going to do in heaven. And it sounds boring to you because you've been a part of boring worship. I get it. I've been at churches where the people are up there singing and they're like, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I fully get it. I was at a place the other day and this sweet person, bless their darling hearts, who's singing, people need the Lord. Oh, it was so sad. And I'm like, how about you smile? People need the Lord. How about you sing from a place of victory? I had to tell that to a singer once because they were like, what is the key? And, and they were, their song that they were scheduled to sing was, um, uh, and I, I'm desperate for you. So I said, smile. And she's like, oh, you're telling me to smile because it'll raise the octave. I'm like, nope. I'm telling you to smile because it'll change the emotion. And how you emote to God. Aren't we obsessed with emoticons? How you emote yourself to God matters. And guess what? You don't have to be a great singer. You just have to get your heart engaged. And you have to say, flesh I raise my hands to heaven because there are lightning rods. I'm expecting. Come on. Thunder comes from the throne of God. Th that's how he speaks. It's thunder. It's the sound of many waters. It's just. But out of it, you hear words. And you can know exactly what he's saying. It's not a language. It's thunder. <laughs> 
The world ain't got nothing on his thunder. <laughs> Amen. So when you're singing, you're like, and I, I'm desperate for you. I'm happy about it. I'm thinking I'm desperate for you, but I know you're going to come because you're the God that doesn't disappoint me because you're the father that never fails. <laughs> Jesus. And I look at video footage of myself and pictures. I'm like, oh, she crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a Jesus freak for sure. But that's okay. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. And whatever we perfect here on this earth, we get to go to the other side and get better. I think God loves learning. I don't think everything just all of a sudden I'll get there and I'll be able to play like 96 instruments. I think he'll let us learn it. He loves learning. He's given us... It is the pleasure of God to conceal a thing. He has hidden his mysteries in the word. That is why you have to have the spirit of God to interpret the word. Because if you only get the word alone, it's dry. It's like toast with no butter. It's dry, and people have been shoving this dry stuff down your throat with nothing else to go on it, and it is dead. It's not alive to the preacher because he never really met him in the first place, or he lost him somewhere along the way. With the Spirit of God, the Word comes alive. And now suddenly it's exciting, it's fun, and I can participate in it with joy. Because everywhere in heaven there's joy. That's why we laugh and we cut up. Guess what? I'm going to say that the Lord is going to have some fun with us in heaven. Especially Jesus. He's just running around greeting all the people and he's full of joy. Everywhere in heaven is perfect joy. Perfect peace. Perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. So when we come here to church on Sunday, I'm like, God, today is a day for just a drop or two or three. It's okay. I won't stop you. Of heaven to come into this place, to roll across us like rivers, to purify us, to cleanse us for your plans and your purposes. God, come in like a flood. God, please. I love you. I want to see you. I need it. Even if they don't want it, I want it. God is, we've been doing stuff to protect ourselves from the virus. It's a real thing. Nobody ever said it wasn't. I won't wear a mask because that actually lowers your immunity when you can't breathe oxygen. We're already shallow breathers as it is. So when you're breathing carbon dioxide and, and shallow, you can't help it. I've had to wear a mask on a plane. You're shallow breathing. So it actually, it actually hurts you, unfortunately. 95% of viral transmissions through your hands anyways. And how many times have you seen people touch their face? With the mask on, eyes, nose. You just touch that thing. Now you just touch your eyeball. That's an entryway. Okay, I won't get into a science lesson today. 
We bought a machine to purify the air to protect people. But breathe oxygen, breathe, support your immune system. But what's been happening is anytime that I encounter somebody with a vaccination, the spike protein, I did not get overtaken by sickness, but some people did. But the spike protein had made me very, 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 very tired. I'll wake up in the morning and not be able to do anything. I was literally in bed for three weeks and PC's like, Kirsten, what's wrong with you? We gotta go get you to this homeopath or nature bath, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of know, but I don't know. And I'm not, I wasn't sick, I was just exhausted. Ran down like your battery, your phone battery on 2%. And I was like, God, I need to be 100. I got stuff to do. I'm not living on this earth broke and as a joke and sick in my body and my mind. I want to live set free and victorious. So I scheduled myself to sing on the fire night with Prophet Charlie. And like we do rehearsal and everything, I'm still kind of tired. I'm taking stuff to boost me. And then I got a headache. I never take ibuprofen. I took a little ibuprofen. I'm just like, Holy Spirit, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your heavenly presence to come in me, on me, in me, around me. God, I need you right now. And so I prayed and I came out here and I, and I, pressed in and I, I went I went into the zone and I'm like Lord I, I need you I need heaven I, I don't care what anybody else needs and I know they need it too and you know because normally it, you're always thinking about what everybody else needs but I'm always pressing in for myself anyways regardless of my status and energy level so I come out and I'm worshiping the Lord and I feel it rise <laughs> And that energy level starts rising. And I start getting filled up, and it's like watching your phone battery just start filling up. And by the time I sat down, I was like, Lord, I'm just going to let it flow through me continuously. Let your river from your throne just flow over me and just restore me. Quicken my mortal body, God. Thank you, Lord. And um, after that, I was like, oh, I feel normal. This is great. Normal is amazing, y'all. <laughs> it's so much better than feeling abnormal. But you have to know where to go. Where do I go? I go to the spout where the glory comes out. And then I actually have to become a participator in the process. That's why I have to come and I have to raise my hands. I'm like, oh, I know you're handing out power for all to receive. God, I'm going to be a receiver. I'm going to make myself a receiver. I'm going to tune into the radio station of heaven. I want to hear heaven. I want to see heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Ooh, what does that mean? Yes, there are glorious mansions. Yes, there are things that cannot be quantified. Yes, sir. Endless wonders for you to explore. But that means that you're at the throne of God, that you're at the feet of God, that rolling across your body and your mind and your soul is this power that just keeps coming and just keeps coming and wave after wave after wave after wave after wave. He loves you and he wants you to know how much that he loves you. And he wants you to know that there is a place prepared for you. And he wants you to know, just, ooh, 
Feel it like I feel it. He wants you to know, beloved, everybody that has accepted Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior has this place in store for them. And if you haven't accepted Jesus, you came to the right place because we're going to pray with you today. And this will be your ending place. This will be your dwelling place. You will live with the Father in heaven. It's not our problem if people walk in here so riddled with really strongholds of the world that they can't handle his presence. There's a place for them. It's a Presbyterian church, the Baptist church. They can experience a, a morsel. Just, you know, that's all I can really handle is the glory of God. I'm going to hate it. When I come into that river church, my whole body just starts shaking. <laughs> and I get overcome with the power that I can't describe. It's just, it just like st sticking your finger in an electrical socket. I mean, who wants that? <laughs> that's fine. Lord, you can cover me with your oil. You can set me ablaze. I'm not afraid. Whenever I hear people have gone to heaven, because uh, studying about it, I'm like, my first reaction is like, <gasps> like, yes, hallelujah. And then my second reaction is, I'm sad for you, for the people left behind. Because we have that. We're in a flesh. This tent, this earthen vessel, it's not going to live forever. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to eat right. I don't want to live sick while I'm still on the earth. But, you know, come on. Um, take care of it. It's only when you got. You ain't getting issued new tents up in here. Or maybe you are in the presence of God. He can make you new. But then go out the door and take care of it. Don't let your, don't, we're in a constant war. Whether it's a war with our mind and doubt and faithlessness and sin. When those thoughts come your way, they are not your thoughts. They are agents of the enemy come to whisper those thoughts. Those thoughts do not become your thoughts until you take them in and accept them as your own. So while I acknowledge that there was a virus released on the earth, I also acknowledge that there is a God who has numbered my days. And I will fulfill the length of days that he has prescribed for me. And I will live in victory. And I will live breathing in the breath of God. And I will live with heaven in my life. It would take me too long to describe all of the things that I've had to fight in my life. It would take me too long to describe all of the battles and all of the incidences where the enemy wanted to kill me and almost did. Where the enemy wanted to kill my husband. Where the enemy wanted to kill my children. But I have not come here to glorify the enemy. I just want you to know that we understand. There is a dark side, 
but the but the light overcomes the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not the darkness doesn't understand why are you listening to cnn telling you what jesus would do when jesus would wear a mask and he would not touch the lepers Their pants are on fire. They're such liars. I'm not going to let the devil tell me who Jesus is. I'm going to look in the word. Do you know what furious love is? I love all of you furiously. That means that I would be so mad as to jump in front of somebody that had a gun. Oh, no. No, no. I would be so mad as to run and grab you, grab your hand if a car was coming for you and yank you with every part of me out of the road so you wouldn't get hit by a bus. That's furious love. And first of all, I love God. And God said, stay open. And God said, don't close. And God said, don't fear. In fact, in the Bible, there's fear not 365 times. Fear not, fear not, but be bold and very courageous. Fear not, fear not, but be bold and very courageous. Heaven is perfect purity, and God wants to purify his saints on earth so that they, they will enjoy heaven's atmosphere. Heaven is fullness of joy, and God desires to give joy to his people on earth. That's why we laugh so much in this church, y'all. Sometimes it's over silly things, but that's okay. It's still fun. Heaven is everlasting freedom, and God longs for his people to have deliverance while on earth. Heaven is perfect wholeness, and God wants to heal his people here on earth. Heaven is complete security, and God wants his people to feel confident and secure here on earth. Heaven is fruition and fulfillment, and God desires that his people be fulfilled on earth. In Philippians 1.21, it says, For me to live is Christ, his life in me, and to die is gain. The gain of the glory of eternity. And in Matthew 16, 25 says, for whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here, he shall lose it, eternal life. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here, for my sake shall find it, life everlasting. So when I heard that there was an invisible boogeyman that had come to kill me and I should hide out of my house and I should hide away from people and I should shield myself from the terror and the plague, I was like, I'm already dead. <laughs> Only God determines this. And I'm going to do what he said to do. And he said, get out there. Preach the gospel to every creature. I can't preach to you. I can't. The word of the Lord is as a sword and it comes out and it has to come out of your mouth and you have to speak to people and you have to get in front of people and you have to hug people and you cannot be afraid. If I die doing what I love, which is serving God and serving people, then so be it. 
At least I went out with my boots on. Should God tarry and should God, like, should Jesus not come and rapture us just yet or whatever? And should he preserve my life? I only want to live to 88. 88 pearly gates. I'm going to get the heaven up out of here. Why should I prolong the only hell I'll ever know? But in the meantime, there's a job of work to be done. Now, if you want to be like Brother Kenneth Copeland, you want to live to 120, God bless you. I just don't want to look in the mirror and see all them wrinkles. I'm gone. I'm gonna, my youth is going to be restored in actuality. <laughs> That's on you, boo. I'm gone. I got to see Jesus. I got appointments. I've got appointments in heaven. The only thing that keeps me on my love on the earth is my love for God and my love for you so that I can see you set free, delivered, healed, walking in victory. And then when you're set free, healed, delivered, and walking in victory, you can go around to people that are bound and you can love on them. You can hold them. You can encourage them. You can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You can go out on church in the streets. And you can become a harvester of souls, and you too can be shiny. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.